0: It's time for the Postmortem Report with your hosts, Ronald McGillray and Michael Schotter. Each month, these sultans of speculative fiction take a break from bending reality to ask one burning question. What cool stuff got buried in the social media graveyard while people were busy yelling at each other? Well, there's only one way to find out, so let's dig into it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the postmortem report. I'm your co host, Michael Schotter.
1: And I'm Santa Claus. Ho, 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 indeed. <laughs> and I'm Ronald McGilvery. Welcome to episode five, the Christmas edition.
0: Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. You, are, you are way more decorated. You, your halls are sufficiently decked. In fact, mine oh my God. pales by comparison.
1: Not really. I got one stocking that looks like it died like 10 years ago and a hat that's making me sweat.
0: That's vintage. <laughs> that that sock is definitely vintage. You would pay big bucks for that on eBay. I guarantee it because the kids the kids love that vintage stuff now.
1: Oh, they'll love this then. It's even got my yeah. name on it. Famous yeah. author.
0: Yeah. You should sign that. Yeah. Sharpie that up. Stick it on eBay.
1: There you you don't even need
0: to sell books anymore.
1: Maybe I'll stuff some of my books in there.
0: Oh, bonus.
1: I'll throw some ears in too. Just a Christmas gesture. Nice.
0: Of course, if you put a bunch of books in there and start swinging it around, it becomes an improvised weapon. So, you know, (laughs) your mileage may vary on what you you use the sock for.
1: So everyone wants Uh. to enjoy my sock. Do it now because I placed it improperly and I'm about to move back and it's going to be gone. So that's my stocking. That's my decorations. There it is. And now, Enjoy it while it
0: lasts. Now it's he's gone. back in the comfort zone. There you go. Very nice. Well, speaking of the comfort zone, we've got a bunch of birthdays and stuff to talk about this month. Why don't you uh, get that party train rolling while we get festive?
1: All right. Well, everyone should uh, grab a seat because apparently there was a lot of sex going on about nine months previous to uh, this month. So, um So, getting it started, uh, birthday, uh, Tim Shea's birthday was October 7th of D&T Publishing. Um, If you haven't uh, signed up for the newsletter, this is a good opportunity to do it. Uh, So, happy birthday to Tim. Uh, Brennan LaFerro, uh, his birthday was October 10th. Uh, His book Noose is out. It's a Western uh, revenge story, something to check out if you like the... uh, the Westerns that are uh, popping up these days. So happy birthday to Brennan. Uh, Gabby Triana, October 12th. Uh, her birthday uh, just uh, went by. Uh, her um, uh, She just edited uh, Literally Dead. And it's out uh, uh, now. I believe it's out now. So check that one out. Uh, nice. Ian Rogers, happy birthday to him. His birthday was October 17th. His book, uh, Every House is Haunted, um, by Cemetery Dance, actually came out today, which is not actually today. It was a while ago. Why, that's why we're called the Postmortem Report and not the Today Report. So Nice.
0: I think Al Roker would probably hunt us down and punt us down the street if we called ourselves the Today Report, but that's just not Yeah,
1: much. there yeah. you go. So, <laughs> so happy birthday to uh, Ian. Uh, check out Every House is Haunted. Uh Drew Stepick of uh, the Godless Fame is, uh, uh, has a birthday, it's October 21st. Um, You can check out his, uh, the 666 awards that uh, uh, they have. Uh, Dan McNeil, October 23rd, happy birthday to Dan. Uh, You can check out his books, Can't Buy Me Love and The Judas Apocalypse. Um, Both really great books. Uh, Luther Cross, His birthday, October 27th, of uh, Fever Dreams, Volume 1 to 5. If you haven't checked those out, something to do as well. Uh, Jonathan Jans, another birthday, October 27th. His book, Marla, is uh, is out. Uh, Daniel Volpe, uh, happy birthday to him. His birthday, October 30th. Um, His book, Left to You, uh, has uh, over 500 reviews. Wow.
0: Killing yeah. it. Killing just, it, Daniel uh,
1: Pompey. Uh, i just, uh, I was going to actually send him a note because I was going to see if he could like, give me a couple of them. Yeah. Try to boost my book. Uh, reviews see if he'll
0: let you, you rub his head and get some luck.
1: I was going <laughs> to say, you know, what do you need all those reviews for? They yeah. cordoned them. So I nice. said, uh, you know, send a couple my way, but we'll see. Uh, happy birthday to uh, Mark Allen Gunnels. His birthday was October 30th, Uh, his book, When It Rains. Check that one out. Make his uh, birthday wish come true by some of his books. Uh, Bo Johnson, happy birthday to him. His birthday, October 30th as well. Uh, Old Man Writer series. Uh, It's his final installment of the Bishop Writer series actually. So uh, you can uh, pick all of his series up. So happy birthday to Bo and uh that's it for the uh the birthdays it was a long one oh
0: oh contraire good sir i believe you've forgotten something oh yeah yeah
1: christmas christmas santa claus birthday
0: no no very special birthdays as, as i'll illustrate here with this post from you
1: <laughs>
0: about very nice uh, about your your brethren or your your kin, it's
1: very nice of you. Yes, it was. Uh, Martha and James, their birthday. I, uh, I have
0: to ask: Did you specifically plan the the birth of your son so that it would be on your wife's birthday? Yeah,
1: of <laughs> was course. This,
0: was this a plan?
1: Yeah. yeah, it was exactly a plan. I'm good with plans, not good with memory. So yeah. I figured, you know. I got. I mean, I have it written down in the calendar, so yeah. What I, I only got to do one date.
0: Mm-hmm. So it worked out. You probably a, save on cake. I would think like cake. Yeah. cake's probably simpler. Yeah. 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 Nice
1: gifts. Gifts not so much. Uh, I, yeah. I tried to buy one sort of gift.
0: They're not into the communal birthday yeah. gift
1: scenario. It, it, it didn't go over well, so I uh, yeah. I'm back, I'm back to the uh, gifts for uh, gifts for all.
0: Very nice. I'm sure they appreciate that. And happy birthday to to both of you. Yes, Uh, happy birthday. And if you're not watching, why not? (laughs) Exactly.
1: Should be hitting that like button multiple times. So happy birthday to uh, Martha and James. Big kisses.
0: Nice. Well, and and speaking of which, you know, we haven't had a good solid anniversary in a while. So so you've been a busy bee these past uh, couple of months right you you've had a big one too
1: oh it's turning out to be the uh the ron's birthday uh show uh yeah you didn't
0: think i was going to let that slide did you
1: yeah yes i did <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh but now that we're there yeah it was our 30th wedding anniversary we went back to where it all began back to montreal we
0: yeah does a very cool picture uh in this post of uh, you guys being uh, witnessed by uh mr leonard cohen there huh. in the background yeah. I, I like that pick.
1: yeah it was we were lucky we had really good weather because the weather all around that weekend was pretty unfriendly so we didn't know how it was going to be but yeah we uh we lucked out that whole uh that whole weekend had a good time very nice yeah. 30 years love you lots martha if you're not watching it then i love you a little less <coughs> <laughs> That's
0: not it's that true. Raw, it's that raw honesty that, yeah. that really propels the show forward.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Good times. We don't. Yes. Well, we don't hold
1: any punches on this show. We tell no, like it is. No,
0: no. Yeah, got to Got to keep it real. Exactly. Keep it 100 exactly. 50 at least. Yeah, yeah. Good times. Right. Uh, well, speaking of uh, keeping it real, uh, I think it's time to maintain our current tradition of filling you folks in on a very important message for your holiday season.
1: That sounds good, because I'm going to take my hat off. I'm sweating. Excellent. Let's hit it. Dashing through the snow, one horse opens, little, little, a, or the fields we go oh, laughing all the way. Bells on bobtails, ring-a-ling-a-ling, making spirits bright a little a ling What fun it is to laugh and sing a sleighing song tonight! Oh, jingle, a bells, jingle, ling-a bells, jingle all the way to little a ling Oh, to funnel, little, is a doodle, rattle in a one-horse open
0: sleigh. Jingle, jingle, bells, jingle, jingle, bells, jingle all the way. Oh, the whittle, funnel, little, is a doodle, rattle in a one-horse open sleigh. Oh, little, a, oh, little, little, a, oh, little, little, a. Oh, 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 little, little, a, oh, little, little, a, oh, little. So that was a nice, festive, happy uh, bit of advertising there. And I I think that bodes well for our next subject, which kind of might be a little dark for some. But given our nature and our tendencies, I I think it shouldn't be at all a surprise to you folks that we kind of want to talk about some holiday movies that are a bit darker, perhaps? Uh, what, do, what do you got for us along those lines?
1: I have the Christmas movie, Black Christmas. I saw a post by uh, Jennifer Sullivan, and it made me think about it. And if Jennifer loved it, then I knew it was okay to post it up here on her show. It's Nice. Uh, it, I've, it's... Actually, I was looking into it and I, I knew there was there's original, which I love, the, the Canadian version, and then there was the remake, but there's actually another remake. Oh. I didn't even know that. I was like, because I knew the original, uh it was all Canadian cast, but the second one they brought in um uh, Andrea Martin uh into the second one. So it was a cameo as sort of the house marm. And I thought that was kind of cool, sort of a callback to bring uh, to bring it back. But I was looking, because I wanted just to absolutely make sure. And then I saw this movie, and I said, well, why isn't Andrea Merton in this? I, I was sure she was in it. I thought, oh, maybe I just dreamed it. And then I noticed that there was actually, it was another one. And I was like, well, how many of these are there? So there's actually three Black Christmas.
0: Yeah, I was totally unaware of that. I, I only thought the... Um... I guess the one from 2012 is the other one that I was aware of. Um, yeah.
1: There was yeah, one just that's... a couple of years ago. Although that huh. doesn't say a lot. Like if I hadn't really heard about it, it's probably not that good. Because it t- <laughs> you think it would have been on our radar.
0: Well, that's, that's the rough thing about remakes. I think especially in like the horror genre. Like I can't think of too many reboots or remakes of like classic vintage horror films that actually even approach much less surpass the original like because i mean especially with something like black christmas where there's so much like history and legacy around that movie as far as like the slasher genre is concerned like i know a lot of people argue that that's like the first slasher movie as far as like a lot of people are concerned um and even myself like not being a big fan of slashers like i still like have awareness of that movie and have seen it right and and understand like it's cultural significance and it's like significance to the genre and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so I mean it's how do you how do you really top that or, or reboot that or or come at that in a different way. Have you seen any of
1: those reboots? I've seen the first one with Andrew Martin, although I'm not I can't remember it as well. Uh the third one I have absolutely no idea, but uh supposedly it's out on streaming, so I was gonna watch it. But hmm. um but yeah, that, uh, I remember the first one, it was just the whole, I, I don't want to say like it was the gimmick because, well, I mean, Halloween, you can say that's the whole gimmick too, but it was like to see through the eyes, especially mm-hmm. back then. Cause I was much younger. It was so creepy, you know, just seeing it, you know, cause it was an old place. Like it was supposed to be like the sorority house and you see it. So it's all sort of old and, uh, you just see this creepy guy through his eyes coming out, going into the house. Mm-hmm. And then mayhem ensues. And that one yeah. attic scene with the bag, a plastic bag, or the hook, too. It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it is, yeah.
0: I've only seen it once. Uh, yeah. Just sort of, sort of checking the box, right? It was, it was one of those things where it's like I, I feel like I should watch this. Yeah, I feel like there's certain movies that you like hear about if you're, if you're a genre fan, and you almost feel like obligated to see them, even if they're not necessarily like in your wheelhouse. So I've definitely seen the original, but it's, it's been a minute. It's probably been a good solid twenty years since I've seen it, so my memory of it is very vague and fuzzy at this point. But I do remember that whole first-person perspective thing and the whole like pacing of like the way things were shot was like very methodical and kind of like drawing out the tension and that sort of thing. Like those were the things I really remember as like takeaways from from viewing that. But um, I know you you've probably seen it way more than I have and probably have like a much more vivid like recollection of it than I do at this point. But yeah, it's been yeah. a while.
1: It's uh, I mean the ending. Was so classic as well i mean i'm sure people have seen it now but don't want to yeah do I, to I don't think you can really ending. spoil uh,
0: yeah spoil a movie that old right we, but we've already one, done far worse
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like the the ending the eyes uh looking through the eyes of the killer um you know being sort of in a house you know unaware of these killings i mean there were so many tropes that this one movie basically almost started, you know, it's, they're all Mm -hmm. classic things now, Mm -hmm. but um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a really good movie. I, if you haven't seen it, I suggest you do. And uh, you can check out the, uh, the remakes and then send an email to us and let us know if it's worth watching. So we don't waste our time. Nice. Yeah. I tried to convince that uh, my family that we should watch Black Christmas every oh, Christmas that, as part of go over thing. like a lead balloon. Yeah, I didn't even get like one vote. I thought maybe my son would. Yeah, that'd be kind of fun. But yeah, nobody's interested. Not having it nice. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I think it'd be a good tradition, but uh, it was a no go. So yeah, so for a holiday horror movie, Black Christmas uh, is my pick.
0: Nice. Well, I'm going to talk about a, a terrible movie. Uh, Perfect. <laughs> what I what I think is kind of a terrible movie, although it does have some memorable moments to it. Um, mostly because I think it's a good opportunity to talk about something pretty cool. So the the movie is, um, I think, noteworthy, especially considering my age and and where I was in life when it kind of kind of hit theaters for the the brief time that it actually manifested in theaters which is a silent night deadly night uh so like when i was a kid this was kind of the movie that like all the other kids kind of kind of wanted to see because it (laughs) had that sort of illicit taboo kind of vibe about it and i I actually remember seeing it. i actually watched it with my parents (laughs) Uh, on video yeah they they're like yeah you want to see it sure let's let's see it right uh, which I thought was kind of cool, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> so they're like, let's see what the big deal is. Um, and uh, so we we watched it and, and kind of came to the conclusion that, yeah, beyond the sort of gimmick of of like the killer Santa Claus, right? Not uh-huh. not a really spectacular movie. Although I will say, uh, watching some coverage of that movie in recent years, I've kind of developed a little bit more of an appreciation for it, and that's actually what I really wanted to talk about here which is uh, a YouTube series that many of you may be already be familiar with if you're horror fans, but if you're not, uh, definitely want to uh, open you up to it, which is dead meat or the kill counts on YouTube uh, because they do some absolutely excellent breakdowns of pretty much all the classic and modern uh, horror films. Uh, have you ever seen any of those?
1: Yeah, I watched, well, I, I, Watched the um, the Silent Night Deadly Night one just to refresh myself, and uh, I didn't actually remember that movie being as uh, smutty as it was.
0: Yeah, there's definitely <laughs> a, a
1: lot of uh, uh, semi nudity.
0: Yes, prolific nudity. I guess is yeah. what I would yeah. say
1: yeah. in
0: that yeah. film. Yeah. Although it 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 kind of helps, like in the context of the Dead Meat video, right? He's He's only showing the the more salacious scenes of the movie. Right? Yeah. So it kind of gives you the impression that there's a ton of it. But I, I mean, obviously, it's like a 90 minute, you know, horror film. So and I think all of the scenes that you see in that in that video are all of the scenes that are there to be seen. So when you think about it, you know, that's not actually that much content. But just seeing it all kind of strung together like that definitely makes it stand out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Billy definitely doesn't like Santa.
0: No, naughty, naughty, <laughs> naughty
1: all right. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, it's it's funny like there's definitely certain scenes from that movie that I remember like even even before seeing the kill count for it and, and kind of being refreshed on it. Uh, like that whole scene where the cops going to the church because he thinks he's gonna stop the Santa and it turns out it's like the priest dressed up as Santa <laughs> he ends up murking him. Just <laughs> yeah. kind of double brutal when you think about it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, uh... I mean, the kills were kind of, I mean, they're kind of campy too. It oh was yeah, kind of like yeah. the whole.
0: I think the only super memorable one actually is the cop, right? When he when he goes down to the basement, and then and then he, all that tension gets built up, and then when he's coming up out of the stairs, and they do that one single tracking shot. Where he where he axes him in the chest yeah, and then he yeah. falls back down the stairs and the camera sort of follows it follows him down so you can see him like where he landed like that's kind of a cool shot and kind of a cool like way of doing that sort of thing but i think to me that's really the only like standout moment in that movie like yeah. effects wise or like cinematography wise or anything like that like it's, it's definitely not like high art <laughs> by any stretch
1: yeah Yeah, It'd be a fun movie to watch with a bunch of friends.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, I'm just kind of laugh and have some beers. Yeah.
0: You you take a shot every time he says naughty, maybe. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Make a game out of it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Good times. But yeah, um, definitely would recommend uh, Dead Meat and The Kill Count, especially, like I say, if you are a horror fan and you're not familiar with that YouTube channel, I think it's definitely worth a look. Uh, yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah, dead meat was it was definitely interesting. They uh, have some pretty cool uh, look. Once again, talking about people who spend a lot of time on uh, minuscule little things, mm-hmm. <laughs> really uh, deep uh, dive into them. So, yep, good for them. They know what their passions are. So
0: that's the thing, right? You got to find that thing that you're super into and figure out so, a way to capitalize on it, and then you pretty much got it right yeah. that's that's you know the, kind of the the secret sauce i think of uh success with a lot of that stuff but uh speaking of the secret sauce of success which i don't know if i'd want to try to say that 10 times fast but i got it out so that's good uh let's talk about some music
1: our new segment
0: indeed let's let's put it up here towards the front of the show so more people get to see it
1: Perfect. Uh,
0: what, what do you got for us, uh, for your music selection this time around?
1: Well, today I've picked the album, The Rock Opera, by The Who, Quadrophenia. I took that pause because most people are probably going to think I said Tommy. Right.
0: Now, Quadrophenia- yeah, You set it up. You teed it up for exactly. them to like expect that.
1: Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Quadrophenia, I mean, great album. I mean- mm-hmm. All every, critics love it, everyone liked it, but I don't think it gets as much love as Tommy. And, Indeed. And, yeah. I mean, The Who, of course, like Who's Next, you know, Who Are You, Tommy, I mean, there's such who a... By
0: Numbers, yeah. A, yeah,
1: a great yeah. Uh, plethora of albums. Uh, sometimes Quadrophenia gets left behind, but it's just an amazing album. I mean, if it, I think I posted once, someone said... If you had a like a the perfect album or ten out of ten, what would it be? And that I, I posted it, and actually a bunch of people actually gave it a like. So I guess there are many fans out there. But it's the the story's really cool. Uh, you know, um, it's uh, trying to put it in words.
0: I think there's a surprising amount of uh, social commentary on that album that a lot of people kind of gloss over or don't really pick up on on, a, yeah. on a, like initial listen. Like there's yeah. there's there's a there's a lot of depth going on lyrically and in terms of like some of the things that they do like with like sound effects in the background and stuff with like the radio chatter on some of the songs and like lots the, of water,
1: lots of ocean yeah. sounds. But yeah, it, yeah but, the story is basically about a mod named Jimmy. And he just, it basically, he's trying to figure out where he fits in the world. And there's the whole sort of the mods versus kind of the rockers aspect, uh, which leads to this absolutely fun-filled brawl on, uh, I believe it's in Brighton. And uh, it's, uh, but yeah, it's, they talk, you know show, talk about friendships once again. I don't want to say too much if you haven't seen it, mind you. It's so old. It was mm-hmm. um, it was posted by vintage rock and roll, and I was thinking, like, really? So my albums are vintage now.
0: So oh, like, that is very much a vintage yeah, album at this point. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And I was like, yeah for um, sure. But when well, um, and, and
0: you, I think you were kind of alluding to the the film that was made, which I think even fewer people are aware of that than than necessarily the album. Right. And that had sting in it. And, uh, did was, do you remember, was that before or after he was in Dune? I think that was like right around the same time. Wasn't it like early eighties, that movie came out. I can't, I know know Sting had like a brief like, yeah, he had like a brief like foray as an actor. I know he did quadrophenia and Dune. Uh, the original Dune, you know, the one from from way back in the day, uh, right around the same time.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think
0: you're right, though. I think Quadrophenia was first.
1: Yeah, he was. Uh, he still had that sort of the the punky spiked hair mm-hmm. going. Super chiseled so physique. Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, there was a whole other facet is like how, you know, he led sort of the he was a leader of the mods. And then there's kind of a twist you know, later on where, you know, things are falling apart for the character Jimmy and he goes to find this leader who he got strength from and sees him in a, a light. A light. light. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when yeah. he finds out what uh, he actually does because he's he always so well-dressed and he was the snappiest, coolest guy on the dance floor and everything. And then he uh, bumps into him and it's kind of a letdown. And the, the ending's very ambiguous as well, but uh the, the songs Dr. Jimmy, five fifteen, I've had enough, uh Love Rain Over Me, uh mm-hmm. it's just like when well, that whole musical
0: when, refrain of uh Love Rain on Me, right, is like throughout the album, right? It, it yeah. crops up like at various points so that by the time you actually get to the end of that second album. And, and that hits right, and it, it yeah. fully manifests as a, as a complete song. It's such an epic moment because you've heard that little melodic rhythm, you know, throughout the whole album up to that point. So when it when that crescendo happens, it's like mind blowing the first time you hear it.
1: Yeah. yeah, I can't even imagine how many times I've listened to the album. I've seen the movie several times, but not for not for a while. I should really pull it out again.
0: It's really funny because like in my youth, um, listening to that album, I definitely would have said I was a bigger fan of the second album, you know, the the second disc or whatever. So basically from like 515 onward. Yeah. But it's interesting now listening to it older, I feel like I have more of an appreciation for the first part of it now than I did back then. Like it hits right. me differently. Like some of the stuff in those initial tracks um, just resonates with me in a different way than it did uh, back then. And right. I, I find that interesting, you know, how like you can listen to songs or, or, or bands or whatever. And they, and even, you know, different albums or different songs by the same band will resonate with you differently, like at different points throughout your life.
1: Right. Yeah. It's, um, I mean Keith Moon too. His drumming was really profound. Oh my
0: God! Those initial drum. drum hits at the beginning yeah. of the Rock, like the, that's another thing about that album. It's great is some of the instrumental songs on it, like yeah. Quadrophenia and the Rock. Like the, those initial drum hits are so snappy. Like it feels like you could just get your head blown off by them. They're yeah. so crisp.
1: Yeah, yeah. it was. Uh, yeah, uh, great, a great album. Really cool movie. Um, as I said, we could talk about the band itself for for days on end. Yeah. they just uh,
0: well, it is safe to say, right? That's your that's pretty much your favorite band, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. You can yeah. probably see. I think it's over that shoulder there, there. Is a Who on the wall? Nice, yeah. nice. It's, uh, I forget where it's uh, where it was. Yeah. Plus the candles at Club Noriak.
0: Mm, nice.
1: I wasn't there because that was back. Uh, doesn't have the year. Saturday, March thirteenth. The Who at the Norwiak. Catch them. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. No, there. I've got like all their albums. Mm-hmm. Um, got a bunch of uh, bootlegs, which were the cool thing to do back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, then, of course, I got everything again on CD. Of mm-hmm. all their all their movies, have a bunch of their live concerts. I've seen them like about five times. Yeah. yeah.
0: Did you bring your cotton balls to jam no. into your ears? Yeah. Uh, I went completely naked. Yeah. Very necessary uh, yeah. at a Who concert for a long time. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. I, I went to their their first final tour uh in Buffalo and I remember they did a, a version of um Twist and Shout. And literally, I thought that the the stadium was going to collapse. Yeah, everyone was jumping, and the team Then it was kind of like a almost underground, like they dug it in. It was like, and it, like I'd never seen anything like it. I'd been at concerts in Ottawa, but this place, just the amount of people that were there, and the, the, the jumping up and down, the shaking. I thought this stadium's all good. Is going to collapse? You know, yeah. we're all going to die. It's gonna be like uh, Cincinnati,
0: yeah. But the yeah. uh, uh,
1: yeah, yeah. the Who's fans are uh, are a very dedicated bunch. The hooligans,
0: yes, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I uh, have sadly never had the opportunity to see them live, but I have heard many stories from my dad who has seen them live several times, yeah. and uh, have definitely seen enough footage of of them playing live to be thoroughly impressed.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so. Yeah. My wife wasn't a huge fan and I convinced her to go to one of the concerts and I converted her. So Mm -hmm. it's uh, yeah, they're in, I mean, they're an incredible band, but live they're just something else. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I know I've even heard some of their more recent live recordings and it's still amazing that they can, you know, do what they're doing at the age that they're at at this point. Like, uh, yeah, they they still, you know, Roger Daltrey's still kind of got it. To a yeah. large extent, you know, vocally, which is nothing short of amazing. Right. Yeah. So, but if you uh, haven't
1: ever watched Quadrophenia or listened to Quadrophenia, rectify that problem. Ask for it for Christmas.
0: Indeed, yeah. But use your uh, Christmas gift card and correct that you know, yeah. stat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Highly recommended from both of us for sure.
1: Yeah. Do you have a favorite? Uh, are, you, are you? Do you enjoy the Who? Because the thing is about the Who. I mean, some people sit on the fence, but a lot of people just don't like them. It's like, you love them or you you don't.
0: See, I, I can't even imagine not liking them. That just I doesn't know. even compute in my brain. I know.
1: Yeah, I have yeah. a bunch of friends who just don't. I'm like, how can you not like them? But yeah. I don't know. Whatever.
0: I, I mean, I will say, like, a lot of their stuff is fairly eclectic. Like so yeah. you know there there are like you know tunes that like like for example on on right, like you have like things like bellboy, right yeah. <laughs> which you know that's yeah. that's kind of a quirky quirky number there with the whole like cockney gravelly you know vocal yeah. you know thing and, and like that's a, like it's kind of an acquired taste, right, but it's it's also very unique and distinct to them, right like that's something that only they would do right yeah. and be able to get away with and be able to make work the way they do. Yeah. um so i have i've always appreciated that about them
1: yeah in have fact several. yeah i was gonna say they have several sort of novelty songs
0: yeah i was gonna say in fact probably one of my favorite who songs is actually uh boris
1: the spider A john entwhistle classic
0: yeah that line too then yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I'm not, I do the creepy crawly point, but I, the creepy crawly part, but I'm sure my voice would just crack and embarrass me. So yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. forego
1: that. Yeah, but, it was like me going to sing a yes uh, from uh, uh,
0: drama. drama last yeah. last
1: episode. Yeah, so yeah. I can't really hold your feet under the fire on that one. So yeah, I, I, I think
0: I gave you about as much as you can reasonably <laughs> expect from me vocally on, on that one already. Yeah. But um, speaking of spiders... I think that's an excellent opportunity to transition and talk about something else I wanted to talk about this time, which are some of the books we've been reading. And the first one I want to mention is actually a repeat offender here on the show, because in our very first episode, we talked about The Hangman Feeds the Jackal, which had just been released uh, by Coy Hall. And I actually have gotten around to finishing that book uh, fairly recently.
1: Seriously, and... seriously, what you, to, you what? know? You... I'm
0: halfway through the book. Oh, you haven't finished yet. No. Oh, my bad. <laughs>
1: um, it's really okay good though, Coy. You're going to give a spoiler-free though talk. We, well, that's the that's the thing.
0: We, we're not going to spoil a, a brand new book. That's that's not going to happen. So, you know, I, I think you're sufficiently far in that we can talk about the setup and the premise and all that stuff, right? And and uh,
1: Definitely yeah.
0: about the spider. Yeah, the spider makes makes a grand appearance, like pretty pretty early on, like yeah. within the first few pages. So that's uh, that's pretty cool. But um, for those who shamefully have not seen uh, the episode where we talked about this book previously, uh, this is basically a gothic western. So it, it kind of fits into the classical western archetype of story structure, but with a bit of a gothic psychological philosophical twist to it um and i don't really want to go too deeply into it beyond saying that because i think a lot of the joy of this book is in experiencing it for yourself but one thing i do want to say is that um, this was definitely one of my favorite reads of the year uh, largely because it had really great well fleshed out, nuanced, detailed characters and settings and atmosphere, and also told, I thought, a really good, engaging and uh, compelling story uh, around all that. But um, you know, maybe you can maybe you can chime in with your thoughts on what you've experienced in the early stages of it uh, so far. Well,
1: yeah, I'm about halfway through now, and uh, what really caught me is his writing style. I mean, Koi can write. I just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it just he draws you in. Uh, it's, uh, I could probably just, you know, read if he like wrote a recipe or something. I'd probably yeah. enjoy enjoy that. So he's really got the, the writing uh, skills down. Um, and I can tell it's just the way things are kind of, I mean, the whole atmosphere, I was getting all caught up into it, but I can, I get this kind of a feeling now that things are like ratcheting up. I can sort of feel Mm -hmm. like a, you know, a tension because there was uh, something our, our. Yeah. I know. I know we had talked about
0: it a little um, bit before the show. And I know the point that you're at is kind of a really critical sort of tipping point where things really start to kind of jump off. So I'm going to be real excited to talk to you kind of privately about that. uh, Once you, once you finish up,
1: but uh, yeah. 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 I can just feel the tension ramping and then the hero says something. And I thought, okay. I can sort of see where this is going. I, I, I'm feeling there's going to be carnage, though. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, so far, really, really loving the uh, book.
0: Yeah, so I think the last thing I'll say about it, because uh, I know we, we got a bunch of other stuff to get to, is um, I re- I had this moment when I was reading it, and it's one thing. It's something that I really enjoy experiencing when I'm reading a book that really clicks for me. Is this idea of like you read a few paragraphs and then you kind of pause for a moment and you kind of close your eyes and you envision what you just read. And I think one thing this book does really well is it communicates everything to you so well that you can come up with a really clear, vivid vision of everything that he's, that he's putting out there many times. There were many times throughout reading the book where I just kind of paused and and took it all in and just sort of, envisioned what I had been presented. And that was a really cool, like satisfying experience. Um, so for sure, if you're into Westerns, uh, if you're into horror uh, and, and those two things together in particular, I think for sure, that's that's a book you should absolutely check
1: out. I concur. Great job, Coy.
0: Indeed. Uh, so, so what have you been up to uh, reading wise?
1: Well, I've read a couple, Uh, one that I'm sure I'm going to botch up the title, even though it's a simple title, I'm not sure what the name of the bird is. So it's uh, by uh, Wendy uh, Dalrymple, an excellent novella, and it's white, either ibis or ibis. I'm not sure. It's like a big white bird. I've always ibis. heard it
0: said ibis, but ibis. I'm not sure that that's correct. I, I can't, yeah. I can't plant a plant a, a flag in the ground one way or the other on that one. Yeah, it's
1: um, it it's because I'm looking, at this thing, ibis.
0: Uh, I'd say just uh, just pick one it, and, and it? go with it. I'm sure yeah. you'll be forgiven.
1: Yeah. yeah, but it's a, an excellent book. Uh, it follows uh, Chelsea, who um is having some relationship issues, and uh, she meets uh, a new friend uh, at her workout place. and they become really close, and uh, things um spiral. Mm. yeah, and uh, once again, it's uh it's a novella. So I, I I'm trying to pick what to say without like ruining things, but the uh the ending I can guarantee you will not see coming. Mm. Yeah. It's it's sort of a blend of horror and um uh and fantasy. Uh there's uh some body horror. It's uh it's a really it's a well-rounded book, writing style, really good. I I blew through it really uh, a quick read very engaging um and then there is that uh that white bird yeah that white bird interesting and i don't want to say too much about the so the the know.
0: bird actually is a i'm assuming a, an important component of the story right if that's the title and yeah, uh, i believe it, makes it prominently on the cover
1: yeah it makes appearances it's kind of just kind of You know when you when it arrives, you just know it's like a bad omen kind of thing.
0: Sort of like a Edgar Allan Poe Raven situation, maybe.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you could say that. (laughs) You could say that, but yeah, Yeah. I I'd highly recommend if you haven't uh, read Wendy's book, White Ibis or Ibis. uh, We'll say it both ways, and then we're covered. There you go. There you go. But I apologize to Wendy uh for uh butchering the name of uh, her book but uh i give it two thumbs up it's an excellent read nice follow chelsea's uh adventures
0: nice well speaking of adventures before we get into your other book i did want to talk about uh, another thing that i read recently which is death gets a book by mr frank j edler And uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with Frank and his work, he's basically uh, primarily a bizarro fiction author. Uh, So if you're not familiar with the concept of bizarro fiction, it's, it's basically fiction that tends to lean into the absurd or like the over the top or the outlandish as it's sort of like framework for delivering its story. And so the book is, you know, kind of grounded in, in, basic core storytelling elements, you know, there's a premise and there's characters and everything kind of gets set up in a sort of natural, normal way. And then from that foundation, things kind of go a little bananas and a little off the rails and a little zany and over the top. Um, I don't typically read a a ton of bizarro or or absurdist fiction. So that this book for me was definitely a bit outside my wheelhouse And I would definitely say, like, it's important to kind of know what you're getting into with a book like this, which is why I had all that preamble for it. But sort of my takeaway uh, from it was that it seemed to me like a good example of the genre. It seemed like that people who are into that sort of thing would probably really enjoy it. Um, It's got, like, a lot of just really quirky bananas over-the-top stuff in it. Um, Maybe some mild content warnings, depending on, you know, your personal tastes and preferences and things you may or may not be into. Yeah. Uh, I'd say maybe check my review out uh, for that book. If you want, if you want more detail about that sort of thing, but uh, I definitely, I definitely enjoyed reading it and definitely thought it was a, a cool concept. Um, and uh, wanted to give it a shout out for sure. So shout out to Frank. Perfect. Ready. What else you got for us?
1: Well, Part Of my uh, project of uh, trying to learn how to do audiobooks and listen to them without uh, you know my mind wandering, I've been practicing. I got a new book that I listened on audiobook, is uh S.A. Cosby's Razorblade Tears. Mm.
0: Yeah. I've been really curious to check that one out, but I have not myself, so I'm, I'm interested to hear what you have to say about it. Yeah,
1: well, it's a, a buddy uh, revenge book, it's uh. Uh, Ike and Buddy Lee are two characters. Uh, one is uh, white, one is black. Both are um, uh, had uh, gay sons who are murdered. Um, the two of them came from, uh, well, <laughs> what they have in common is they came from the, the penal system, years of uh, doing time. But otherwise, they're completely different social backgrounds but they get together to try to help solve what happened to their, uh, their sons. Wow. And um, it, it just, as I said, I, I usually have problems with audiobooks trying to, where my mind wanders and starts thinking about other things. This kept me captivated the whole mm-hmm. time. It was just, uh, and it just ratchets up and then it'll kind of, you know, it'll'll it'll do some character building uh, and, and then it's just right back into uh, into the action this was uh this was a great audiobook yeah I'd nice. like to read it actually to see what what it would be like you know well, that,
0: reading it that was what I was just gonna ask you is uh do you feel like you would have enjoyed it more or less had you actually physically read it do you have it do you have any kind of sense of that or like, Cause I know, I know you've said you've struggled with audiobooks, so it wouldn't be surprising for you to say that you, you think you might enjoy it more as a physical read. Yeah, but, I, uh, I,
1: I enjoy reading it better. Um, but this, this narrator did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I, mean, I think that whole,
0: says a lot, right. For somebody yeah. who's not typically into audiobooks to to enjoy it so much, I think is, is important. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This one. Uh, yeah. If, uh, well, I mean, it, it gets a lot of love too on social media. A lot of people who've read it or listened to it have really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, I've definitely seen that one pop up quite a few times. It's definitely on my radar. Not not really my typical like go to sort of genre or premise, but I, right. I definitely thought it seemed interesting. And uh yeah. yeah, not knowing that you've given it a thumbs up, that may uh that may entice me to investigate it further.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I was uh, I was pleasantly surprised because I'd heard a lot about it, and I thought, you know, I should check it out because who doesn't love a buddy revenge? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I thought mm-hmm. I'll I'll check it out, and um, yeah, it was certainly uh, certainly worth it. Nice.
0: Yeah.
1: Do you listen to many audiobooks?
0: So um, I used to quite a bit. I definitely was on an audiobook kick for a while and especially like when I had found a few narrators whose style I particularly liked I almost kind of went out of my way to read things that they had done okay. uh, but a lot of the narrators who I used to listen to are either out of the game or have passed away unfortunately at this point. Uh, so that's that's a bit of a bummer. I haven't really found a lot of uh, new, audiobook narrators that i'm kind of keen on that's not to say they're not out there just because i haven't really been looking for them but i think one of the things that kind of got me back into physical reading was going electronic with everything because um you know being visually impaired like i really appreciate being able to blow the text up on a kindle or on a tablet or whatever just being able to make it massive and just scrolling through the pages instead of having to to flip physical pages or use a magnifying glass or any of the stuff I stuff I typically would have had to do before yeah. eBooks kind of became a thing. Yeah. Um, and so that kind of disincentivized me to, to stick with audiobooks because I, I finally found a way to read physical books that's comfortable for me. Right. Um, but I do really enjoy like a good, well done audio book. Like I, I feel like there's a lot to be said for that, especially like, when you have that like magical combination of an author who actually happens to have a really good narration voice and you can get yeah. the book actually read by the author. I think that's like a winner for sure. Um, But yeah, that it's, it's, I'm kind of, I'm kind of all over the place with it. I think the last audiobook that I actually read was uh, Stephen King's under the dome uh, mostly because I knew it was so long. Right. <laughs> I really um. just didn't want to, didn't want to do the physical read on that one cuz I was I was kind of lukewarm on whether I even wanted to read it um and so having it read to me was just kind of a nice bonus uh yeah. but that that one was pretty good uh the the audio on that was really good and I also read his um Bill Hodges trilogy uh in audio so like uh, Mr Mercedes and Finder's right. Keepers and uh, End of Watch you know yeah. I did those as audio as well
1: uh, well, it's handy in a way because you, you can read a book and then you can actually listen to another book. So when I go for walks or whatever, I can I can listen to something. so you actually you' you're you're getting two books in. instead mm-hmm. of just like reading one and going to another, I can do like two books at a time, just kind of separate uh, styles, one by book, one by uh, by audio. But yeah, a lot of my stuff, like you said, is ebooks now. I mean, I have 10 bookcases overflowing with books. I'm just looking at some that are in my office here and it's, you know, I love them, but as uh, my eyes started to uh, to fade, you know, I just started to, uh, you know, the ebook was just so much more comfortable reading. Yeah. The whole squinting and stuff like that. Plus having the, my, my wife doesn't like to uh, read late. And when I get Mm -hmm. caught up in a book I'm reading and it's like, turn the light off, turn the light off not that's that, that that's a problem you know happy birthday still <laughs> i love you but <laughs> the but dangers yeah. of
0: having your significant other watch your podcast Watching the show. yeah are being revealed but yeah, yeah
1: it's reading different times so now you know you can get the the page with uh dimming and stuff so it's uh, now i can lie in bed and read and not disturb my wife
0: yeah very nice sure that's uh, appreciated yeah I uh, I really like um, I, I think I think we talked about this a little bit previously, but it probably bears repeating. I like the sort of engagement that your mind goes into when you're physically reading something. I think that's one of the things that always kind of draws me back to it. Is that yeah. I feel like my mind works differently, and it consumes what I'm what I'm reading differently when I'm actively, you know, reading the lines on the page versus yeah. having them read to me but, but I do think, you know, you can absolutely experience a story through audio in like a cool, you know, unique, you know, valid way. It's just a different way. And it's just a question of like, almost like the mood I'm in sometimes, whether I choose one or the other. Um, But, you know, the last thing I would say about the the whole eBooks thing is I'm to the point now where like, I do not buy a physical book, like a paperback or a hardcover, unless I'm you know, collecting, right? Yeah. Like, unless it's something yeah. where like, I want to put this on a shelf and display it because yeah. at this point it would just be insane. Like I, I'd have way too many books and it would just be completely out of control. So like being able to just consolidate that onto a tablet and have it take up like zero space is amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you get it right away. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess you could call, you know, Amazon, they'll they'll send it to you in a day or two, but you know, with an ebook, it's like, oh, is that ever cool? press a button, bing, there it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you
0: really can't go wrong with that.
1: I know. It's the the perfect time for readers. I mean, if you're you're not reading, I mean, it's all set up perfectly for you now. It's so easy to get to. There's so many great authors out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for excellent. sure. Yeah. So, yep. Razor well, Blade Tears. Really good, uh, really good book. Audio book.
0: Well, speaking of uh, audio visual stimulation, I think it's time to talk about one of our favorite things, which is video games.
1: Hi, I love video games.
0: So what sort of uh, video game adventures have you been on recently?
1: Well, today I would like to talk about Alien Isolation now this nice. is a real creep fest it's yeah. uh it's, it's uh, very intense uh especially if you've seen the movies um i mean it just because it's in everyone's psyche because everyone knows alien the you know you know the monster legend. yes yeah <laughs> and um you know you're on this uh this spaceship and uh it's just a horror show it's a horror show and i'll admit at the beginning when i first started playing it i think we actually discussed this before i was like i didn't even know i was going to finish it i just thought not that i was like scared or whatever it was just i just couldn't beat the alien you know it just it takes patience and perseverance to kind of figure out patterns and stuff but Mm -hmm. it's just like he's a nasty piece of work (laughs) he comes out yeah he just kills you kills you kills you kills you and your your hands are like sweating it's just like the whole the 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 ambiance of it it's like that that really sad pathetic spaceships like you think like who would even be willing to step in there and go into space in one of these things you know they're just sort of like they don't look like they're ever going to make it like out of the dockyard yeah but they're in it anyways and so yeah, what's up with these... the
0: alien universe and hoopty spaceships and hoopty space stations? Yeah, and... yeah,
1: yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. It's like, you know, they're, oh, it's not working. And they're like banging on stuff to make stuff work. And I was like, you know, just pull over somewhere. <laughs> Let yeah. me out of the spaceship. Uh, it's not working, be... hit it with a wrench. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, Aliens um, attacking you, hit it with a wrench. Exactly, because when your ship just blows up, no one's gonna hear you scream in space. In uh, space, no nice, one's gonna hear you scream. Nice but yeah, drama. it's it's a great um, it's a it's a great game. Once I started getting into it and I gave it a fair shake, it was just nonstop action. And then and there's a whole other kind of thing where there's trouble with like humans because some of them are trying to get out, but some of them have, of course, their own agenda, and you're trying to make it through uh this big space station and um it's uh yeah it's like just place yourself in a movie. I mean it's the closest thing to actually placing yourself into uh, one of the alien franchise movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah I had a I had a riot doing it.
0: So I don't remember too. I've seen a bunch of this game played, but I've never played it myself. But as I recall, there's sort of like break points, right? Like almost like chapter or like rest points where you can yeah. kind of stop and catch your breath. And that's kind of like where you're encouraged to save, like, so you can come back and, and continue on later. Did yeah. you find Did you find those very necessary? Were you, were you, did you kind of have to do it in spurts? Or was it more
1: like uh, once you got going, you just powered through it? You know, I don't actually remember it that well. I I remember you know, you really have to time manage. It's when you're looking, especially when you're getting low on weapons or something, it's like you know, save.
0: Don't Mm -hmm. try to,
1: don't push don't push it, just go, I'm, you know, I I just want to get this part. I want to get this, you know, don't get this part. (laughs) Go save, (laughs) then do that part. Because trust me, you can't trust the humans and you never know when these aliens are going to come out. And when they come out, they're fast and nasty, yeah. And uh, there's so many times where I was like, "Oh, I just want to finish this one thing. I'm gonna, I just gotta go through there." And I was like, all of a sudden, it just appeared, and I was like, "Seriously? Like it just crashes through the ceiling?" And I'm just and you try to you try to run, and there's so many times I was hiding in lockers, you know, lockers they have the slats. Oh yeah, yeah the lockers yeah. Are. and and you you're looking, and they the the aliens just back and forth, back and forth, you know, searching the room, throw things over. I'm just like, yeah, because that's another thing they build really well. Although when you're wanting to go to bed and you're already like past an hour past your bedtime Mm -hmm. and you're just kind of going, speed it up, you know, come on, come on. But it just, but during normal gameplay, it's just the tension. You're You're sitting there in your hiding spot and it's, they're so close to you going by. Of course, sometimes if you, make noise to hear you and then you're dead but Mm -hmm. you know you you really feel it i mean they i don't know anything about programming but they brought it to life as well as i can imagine because i i felt like i was in that locker just sweating it out yeah
0: yeah the sense of immersion in that game seems really on point you know because i've played a bunch of other alien and aliens themed games like the the yeah. original like movie alien game from like the yeah. commodore 64 days all the way up through like colonial marines and aliens fire team and some of those more modern games but for whatever reason alien isolation was just one that i never never played myself i think it's it's mostly because i i seen so much of the game streamed on twitch because a a buddy of mine who was streaming on twitch happened to play that through a big chunk of that game and I I watched his stream. So I kind of got to experience the experience it vicariously through him. Uh, So that was, that was kind of, kind of good for me. I think we talked about this previously that like, you know, as far as like the whole survival horror gameplay goes, like I'm not averse to it and I've certainly played like a ton of those kind of games, but like at this point, it's not really something that I seek out very much. And like, I kind of felt like I got my fix, Kind of watching it being played, uh, but I, I could see myself uh, maybe trying that out or, or giving it a go at some point in the future because it was really cool. Like what I saw yeah. of it, just seemed awesome.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, yeah if you like survival horror, this is. Uh, I mean, I love Resident Evil, but this mm-hmm. is like th- this was uh, something else, and I don't think it got as much love as. Uh, it deserved. I don't know how. Yeah, I think a lot of
0: people slept on that game, unfortunately. Um, But I've I've never heard anybody who's actually played it say anything bad about it. So, yeah, definitely a good one to
1: shout out. Yeah, if you like the Alien franchise movies and you always thought what you'd do when you were there, this is a movie for you, or this is a video game for you. Alien Isolation. Very nice.
0: Well, um, keeping with the sci-fi theme, I was going to talk about a couple of uh, free to play games that I've been playing recently. Cause that's something we've never really touched on here on the show. We've talked about a bunch of, bunch of games, but I don't think we've ever even mentioned any that weren't, uh, you know, sort of premium, uh, titles, but I, I think the free to play game space is really interesting, especially in recent years. Like there's a lot of really great stuff out there, uh, especially on the PC side of things. So, um, Real quick, I was just going to mention both of these. Uh, They're both futuristic, science fiction themed first person shooters, but they kind of have a little bit of a different vibe to them. So I'll start out with this game, Shatterline, which is actually made by a developer who's currently working in Ukraine uh, amidst all the chaos that's happening there to make this game, which is kind of another interesting real world factoid about it. Uh, But this game is basically a first-person shooter that has, you know, your standard competitive uh, first-person arena modes like team deathmatch and uh, uh, capture points and defuse the bomb, you know, things like you come to expect in a modern competitive first-person shooter. But what actually drew me to this particular game is it has a player-versus-environment or PvE mode that's basically like a roguelike scenario where you and two other friends can go on these drop missions where you drop down into a hostile environment and have to work with your buddies to perform missions so it might be like go to this part of the map and get this object or go to this other part of the map and kill a bunch of uh ai enemies or uh you know go and escort this person from one place to another and the, the caveat to it or the trick to it is the environment gets more and more hostile the longer you stay in it. So it's sort of like a risk reward thing. Like how many objectives can you get done before time runs out and the environment just gets so nasty that it kills you before you can extract with like your loot and your goodies and whatever that you've acquired. So I, I really like that sort of dynamic, you know, there's a bunch of games out there that do that sort of thing. But one of the really cool things about Shatterline is the stuff you do in that PvE mode uh, unlocks blueprints. That's sort of your reward. And then that actually can help you out in the PvP mode when you're doing the competitive stuff. So there's like a sort of dynamic crossover thing. Like as you play the two different modes, either cooperatively with your friends or competitively against other people, all that stuff kind of feeds into itself and creates this little interesting gameplay loop.
1: Yeah, some of it kind of reminded me of Call of Duty gameplay almost
0: yeah it's very fast paced yeah very like call of duty-esque you know quick trigger response um quick time to kill you know for the enemies you know you don't they don't take a lot of shots to put down i'd say the only thing that really differentiates it from call of duty is the character you actually play as characters and those characters kind of have special abilities so it's kind of like a hero shooter yeah, um, but you also have like weapon loadouts and weapon attachments and things like that that you unlock uh, as you pro- play and progress through the game and that's very reminiscent of like a Call of Duty, you know, uh, weapon loadout scenario, so there's yeah. it's it's definitely got its own flair and its own kind of flavor to it, but it, yeah. you can also really see how it was like heavily influenced by a bunch of other, you know, good games so, yeah,
1: yeah. it looked cool yeah I'd like to just bring up though that uh, I hate escort segments. Yeah. I, I mean, I always yeah. died. in escort. I don't like escorting any other kind of characters because I never do well. Yeah.
0: And, and to be fair, I don't know that I've actually seen an escort mission in that mode. I was just kind yeah. of throwing that out there as an example uh, of, of the kind okay. of things you might have to do. Cause the, the thing is it's randomized, right? So the environment's a little bit randomized and the things okay. they have you do in it are a little bit randomized. And, I've seen a bunch of different kinds of missions where it's like, you have to go collect these samples and then put them into this thing, or you have to you know, get this item and use it on an enemy in a specific way to complete the objective or whatever. And it's, it's every time I've done it, you know, with my buddies, it's, it's been a little bit different. So it's kind of hard to say what the, what the scope is of it. Okay. Um, but I think that's kind of part of the appeal of it is it's a little different every time you do it. So it's, it's not just like a grind. Yeah um but uh real quick the the other game i wanted to talk about just to get kind of give it a little bit of uh, love as well is this other game called the cycle frontier and uh this is also a sort of hybrid pvp and pve game where the premise is you're on this space station and you're trying to drop down to this hostile planet and collect resources and perform missions and stuff like that but there are also other players or other potential groups of players uh, that are trying to do their own thing and can, if they so desire, mess with you and kill you and take your stuff. <laughs> so there's there's definitely like, you know, you can end up playing that game and have an experience where you don't come across any other players and you just go down to the planet, do your thing and get out. Or <laughs> you can be in the midst of doing your thing with your with your buddies or whatever and get jacked by some yeah. other people like out of the blue and yeah. uh that that makes for a really interesting experience because you just really never know what you're gonna get uh and aggravate what's that
1: and aggravate oh yes yes yeah. yes
0: potentially yeah. very aggravating like they yeah. they do some things to try to uh, address that to make to make things as balanced as they can be yeah. but um yeah the fact that you have to go into this environment that there is a very real possibility that your character is just going to get ganked and, and <laughs> gotten is uh is very uh t- uh precarious for sure
1: well that's what appealed to me about this about this game was it's just i like the idea that they had to pick up loot mm-hmm. you know you had to go get loot to sort of upgrade do stuff i i like that i played a game like that years ago and it kind of reminded me of that. And I was thinking that that's kind of a fun aspect of it.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and one nice thing about it is there, there there are some safety nets, right? Like you can buy insurance when you drop down. So like if you lose all your stuff, you can get some money back for it. Or if like, you have a particular piece of gear or whatever that you're really fond of and you don't want to lose, you can get yeah. insurance on that particular item. And as long as it uh, doesn't get looted by another player, uh, you'll get it back. You know yeah. somebody will go and salvage it for you. Is like the premise that they're sort of laying out there with that. Um, and the other thing is, you actually have a couple of what they call safe pockets, where it's like if you're trying to do a specific quest or a specific mission, and you're like, you're like, oh, I finally got this item that I really need, and I really don't want to lose it. You can put it into your safe pocket, and then even if you end up getting, you know, greased, uh, you'll still get that item. You know, so you can progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, with what you're trying to do so it's it's not a completely all or nothing sort of thing but the tension is definitely there and it's definitely real uh so yeah it's it's all kind of what you're after in your gameplay experience but i think like between those two games if you're into like sci-fi shooters and you and you like pvp or you like co-op you know doing stuff with your buddies i think there's there's stuff there's fun to be had uh in both of those for sure with like a A zero dollar investment you know other than your time (laughs) yeah
1: is it where is it on steam or
0: yeah those are both on steam Uh, i'm not sure if they can be found elsewhere as far as i know they're both pc only games although i think there may be a version of the cycle frontier on console or if there's not already there may be one coming soon Mm -hmm. um because that game actually started out as um an Extraction Royale game that was very different from, from what it is now. And uh, they actually kind of scrapped the game and redid it based on player feedback. And so the version okay. of it now, it used to just be called The Cycle, and now they, they call it The Cycle Frontier to kind of distinguish the new version from the old one. So I think a lot of people had played the old version and were like, oh, I already played that game, not realizing that like it's it's literally completely changed since since it originally debuted. I think that was back in 2016 that the original version
1: hit. Twenty sixteen. That's like the beginning of time.
0: Right. Yeah. It, you know, anything pre pre COVID at this point just seems like <laughs> yeah. leons ago, right? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, you know, good times. Always, always good times uh doing video game stuff. Uh yeah. yeah. And especially like around the holidays, I don't know about you, but I find like my gameplay time tends to go way up around the holidays because a lot of people are off work, you know, and you get to get together with people that you maybe don't get to see as often throughout the year during the holidays and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I find I I find I throw down, uh yeah. especially online with people a lot
1: more in the in that time of year. Yeah, well, it's only holidays and time off, you know, more time to. Do stuff that you enjoy. That's mm-hmm. why it's holidays. Indeed. So yeah.
0: Well, speaking of things that you enjoy, uh, I think you uh, had something you wanted to talk about. Maybe a little a little TV show you've been getting into lately.
1: Yes, uh, The Witcher. And just to uh, congratulations to uh, Jennifer Bernardini on her upcoming marriage to The Witcher. <laughs> i saw her post so big nice. shout out to uh, jennifer uh wishing you many uh, happy years together very Wonder cool if she's gonna buy buy a sword for herself so she can you know go out and mm-hmm. slay some of her uh, on her own yeah maybe she'll have a spin-off show
0: you you never know there's all sorts of possibilities once you start going down that road i'm sure like witcher <laughs> con Could be like, yeah, I'm sure if that's not a thing already, it will be soon. You know, you could be attending that.
1: So, yeah, it's, uh, I saw her post uh, about it and uh, I I was watching Witcher and I thought, oh, there's something we should discuss because you've seen it. And uh, I mean, Mm -hmm. I, I really liked it. I didn't know really much about it. I just kind of went in blind. Normally I know all sorts about the show before I even watch anything. But this one I just went in and uh I totally caught up in it. I, I whipped through that first season like yeah. real quick.
0: Yeah, I've seen the first season, but I haven't had a chance to see season two yet. Uh it is definitely on my to-do list for sure. Yeah. Uh because I really enjoyed the first season quite a bit. Uh yeah. and uh The Witcher is really an interesting one, right? Because the the sort of history of that IP is is very interesting, right? It was you know, obviously the, the books originally written in Polish. Uh, and then of course most people became aware of the Witcher because the video games were so popular. Um, mm. uh, you know, obviously like the, the three games that, uh, CD project red did, um, are just huge, you know, in the game world as RPGs go. Uh, and so, uh, By the time that Netflix show came along, I think a lot of people were just really primed for, like, the world and the characters and all that stuff. And I know, like, I personally was really pleased to see, like, how closely, like, Henry Cavill's performance of The Witcher, you know, himself kind of matched what I envisioned in my mind after, like, seeing the games and stuff. So that's a very interesting franchise, though, like a real real
1: multimedia powerhouse at this point. He did a really good job. Well, this is how stupid I am. I was about halfway through, had no idea who the actor was playing it. I kind of was like, he kind of looks familiar. He's very cool looking. Little did I know he's um, Superman. <laughs> well,
0: and that's what's crazy about it, right? Like, he, it's such a good acting job and such a good makeup job and stuff on him in that you really don't. I mean, I, I didn't recognize him at first either. And I, as soon as it clicked for, I think I was about two or three episodes in when it finally clicked for me. I'm like, holy crap, that's Harry Cavill.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Because yeah. I I didn't
0: job. do a lot of prep myself watching the show either. I just kind of jumped into it. Because like I say, yeah. being somewhat familiar with it from the games, you know, the, the world and the lore and all that sort of thing, I just wanted to jump into it. I didn't want to go in with a lot of pre-expectations. But like just his swagger and his presence as Geralt is like really cool. Like I think he really... <laughs> help sell that show and like make it fire the way that, that i'm sure they intended it to uh, oh yeah he makes he makes a show yeah yeah and those it's funny when scenes he
1: scenes too yeah. yeah when he drops the f bombs <laughs> like first time yeah. and because it, it's just so funny how they do it you know i just i was the first time he did it i was like did he just say what i thought he said
0: yeah and it's it so and then, on on character too yeah
1: yeah and it's like the context that it's that it's done. It's it's usually funny, and uh, yeah, it's I. It's a really clever show. Mm-hmm. I'm just uh, I regret not finding it earlier. Yeah, But it's such. But, a so really the genius. nice thing
0: about coming to shows late sometimes is you get to just you know see a lot more of them, right? Like sometimes uh, sometimes I jump on a show real early and then I'm sad because I got to wait a year for like season two or whatever. Yeah. But sometimes coming late to the party can be a good thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so the Witcher, it's uh, definitely a series to watch.
0: Yeah, definitely for sure. That's se- that first season for sure. Like I say, and I, I've heard nothing but good things about the second season, so I'm I'm pretty confident in saying that that's, that show's got a a good uh, pair of legs under it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, if if nothing else, that that first season
1: is is definitely worth a watch. Yeah. Do so we both agree? We're both thumbs up on this one. Oh yeah. Thumbs very way good. up. Cool. Watch out. <laughs> and once again, congratulations to Jennifer Bernardini. I'm sure you'll be yes. very happy together. Indeed. Yeah.
0: Uh, so, you know, we talked about some, some more hardcore holiday stuff uh, early on in the episode. But I, I thought a good way to sort of start to wind things down might be to go a little more traditional, you know, a little more old school and and maybe talk a little bit about some of our favorite sort of classic holiday things like i know uh you've got a a kind of holiday special that's a little near and dear to your heart that i thought uh you might want to share with the people
1: yeah well th- you know thinking back what what was the there's so many you know going on i was thinking, what was the one that always stuck in my head and for me it was uh rudolph the red-nosed reindeer uh one i mean it came out the year I was born, which, which makes it quite old. Uh, a lot of people actually find it creepy because it's, it, it has, it has that weird animation. Yeah. I I don't even know how to describe it. It's like borderline,
0: um, like stop motion animation. Yeah,
1: kinda. yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, uh, like, like claymation kind of thing. And, um, yeah, some people find it really kind of creepy. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, it never and really
0: some, bothered me. It yeah. never bothered me, and uh, you know, I'm a I'm a big Burl Ives fan, so yeah. uh, you know, can't go wrong with Burl.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it, yeah, it just all the growing up, you know, every year you kind of waited to uh, to see it. I mean, there's all the others, you know, Frosty the Snowman stuff, but but yeah, Rudolph the Red nosed Reindeer. I guess the whole idea of you know having this someone ostracized for being different, but then ending up being like the hero. It was Yeah. Uh,
0: it's a great, it's a great tale for sure. Yeah, it was yeah.
1: just, uh, I'm always into those kind of raw, raw kind of things. And at Christmas too, it just kind of the whole happy spirit kind of thing was, it uh, was really good. So yeah, that was uh, one that I was uh, not to be missed special. Mm. I don't even know if they do specials at Christmas anymore or how they do it, but it was like the, they'd advertise it for weeks christmas special rudolph the red-nosed reindeer coming out and you're like oh we got to be home no we can't be going out because it's next friday you know yeah we had a tv guide and you would like highlight stuff you know it's like i you know it's at eight o'clock on friday no plans take the phone off the hook yep
0: yeah yeah yeah, for sure times yeah 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 that is is for sure do you
1: have a favorite uh yeah, so
0: for me, I, I thought about it a little bit. And there's definitely a, a few I could mention, but I think for me yeah. the sort of go-to is the the Charlie Brown Christmas yeah. special because I I so relate to the the whole Christmas tree scenario. <laughs> you know, the the whole like the tree needs love, man. Everybody yeah. needs love. Just just yeah. give the tree some love and you'll be impressed with what you get out of that. Uh and I, I love that sentiment and I love that idea you know and it it may be a little a little far-fetched or whatever the way it actually plays out in the show but i think the the sentiment is is what matters and uh i just love like that the scene where he has to put like the bulb on it and they can't even like handle the one bulb it just yeah. like, cr- crushes the thing and i don't know there's just so much good diet dial- like the, the thing about a lot of those peanuts specials too was like they were written for kids but they had that little bit of an adult edge to them where there was like little bits of dialogue and stuff like that, that were clearly meant for the adults in the audience. And and as a fairly precocious kid, I felt like I kind of appreciated some of that stuff, uh, even, even as a kid. Uh, And I, I definitely enjoyed, you know, revisiting that, like all throughout life. Like that's another one where it's like, I appreciated it on one level as a kid. And I think I appreciate it even more as an adult.
1: It shows, it's funny, because shows like that, when you, you see a commercial or something for it, it just brings back so many memories. Mm-hmm. Oh, i a kid.
0: Well, and I think another one we almost are obligated to throw out there, because I think it's it's kind of generationally significant for both of us, is probably like something like a Christmas story. Right? Like, how
1: many times have you seen oh, a Christmas yeah. story? Yeah. <laughs> it's, well, it's such a classic story kind of thing. And it's, like, basically horror. It's got, like, three ghosts in it.
0: Mm-hmm nice <laughs> nice so, yeah, oh well well you're talking christmas carol uh, oh what did you say christmas story uh the, the Red oh yes then. you're
1: gonna yes. shoot your eye out
0: yeah both of those though both of those for yeah sure. so who's your favorite uh scrooge because uh, there's is there's been a lot of them like i remember uh hey, bill murray yeah, I was gonna say, well that's that's it's whole <laughs> it's whole other animal, right? Yeah. But I, I figure like um didn't George T. Scott do it at one point? Who who is like the classic Scrooge from a Christmas Carol, a man I'm blanking. I don't
1: but know. uh I was gonna say
0: Alistair somebody. Yeah, Alistair I don't know. Crombie or Cromwell, something like that.
1: It's um, the black and white one. Yeah. Is the one that's always gonna because that's what we watched. You know, when you're yeah. we when I was younger.
0: Yeah. Oh. oh yeah. Well, it's I I feel like that say... that version, right, is like right up there with like it's a wonderful life is like the holiday staple thing, like that you're just gonna see on every channel,
1: like you know, yeah. at a certain point in time. Yeah. I don't even know if they do they show those things anymore.
0: Well, you know, you have on like the cable networks like the marathons, right? Where it's like, you know. 24 right. hours of a Christmas story or 24 hours of Christmas vacation or whatever, like on TBS yeah. or, you know, the Turner networks I think are, are usually good for that sort of thing here in the U.S. i S I'm not well, sure. I
1: thought I read something that your favorite, the Charlie Brown Christmas, you're, you you can not even see it on TV anymore that now it's mm-hmm. behind like a paywall or something. Someone bought it. I don't know if it was Paramount plus or. Well they I, it, I wouldn't be
0: surprised if it was them because they're good for that. They're they're definitely good for throwing stuff behind a paywall. Um
1: and was just like, yeah, if you were looking to watch Charlie Brown, I was like, Really? So like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like the well, that's the thing. If you know Disney snaps up the whole Charlie Brown series or, you know, Paramount or whoever, then you know, it kind of mm-hmm. disappears unless you got the the pay uh yeah. pay-per-view or the streaming service.
0: Yeah, and I am. think I think it's so short-sighted to like the way a lot of these streaming services operate, because like I think what a lot of people fail to realize is that these things are classic and iconic because everybody saw them. Right? right. Like the 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 reason that everybody knows these things is because back in the day they were ubiquitous, right? It wasn't like a thing you had to go out of your way to experience. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I'm curious to know. You know, and see how things are going to play out over the next twenty or thirty years. Like, what's going to be the Charlie Brown Christmas special, or like the Rudolph for the you know whatever you know twenty years from now? Because everything's so subdivided and siloed and sequestered at this point. Like, what's what's a thing today that everybody has literally seen and can like gravitate toward and have like a culture
1: have as like a cultural touchstone? Well, everything's becoming so sad. What it's going to be is this is your christmas special on love island
0: <laughs> that'll be, that's,
1: what, that's what people be watching oh, no. oh it's the christmas special they all dress up and uh, they get a, a gift and when one opens it's like oh sorry you're not loved she's she says oh, goodbye no. you know oh, and that'll no. be their christmas gift that, oh, that's no. what it's going to be some reality thing but horrifying <laughs> yes <laughs> Yes, the future is horrifying.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, well, hopefully not. Hopefully not. We'll, let, let's be. I'm gonna. I'm gonna will myself to maintain a level of optimism here, and hopefully, hopefully, the the ship can be righted, or people will kind of recognize uh, the benefit and the value of maybe uh, recapturing some of that stuff before it uh, falls too far off the radar. Um, but. Uh, You know talking about holiday movies and stuff like that another little thing that i I thought would be fun to mention are like some of those holiday movies that aren't really holiday movies where it's like the movie takes place during the holidays but that's really not the gist right i think like the the classic example of that like i think a lot of people are familiar with at this point would be like something like die hard right where it's like technically that's a christmas movie with explosions
1: yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, Home Alone.
0: hmm For yeah. sure, for sure. Yeah. I know a, a big one for me, and I think maybe for a lot of like horror fans would be like Gremlins. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Don't feed them water. Yeah. yeah I, I always terrible. think that's
0: kind of interesting. The like the the films that try to, I guess you know, for lack of a better term, capitalize on the holiday, even though like the the holiday is not the the point of the movie. Yeah, in a yeah. lot of ways
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah well i know die hard a lot of people jokingly say you know that's their their christmas movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. i know a lot
0: of people who literate who legit watch it it's not yeah. even a joke right they're yeah. like oh holidays time
1: to watch die hard yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah well it's a fun movie so yeah
0: well i feel like uh Certain holidays definitely have more representation than others, right? Like Christmas. His Christmas has got a ton of those, but um, the one that I always think of is, uh, you know, poor Thanksgiving doesn't have doesn't have a ton of, of movies, but there is one that I that I always think of when I think of Thanksgiving, which is like definitely one of my all time favorite comedies, which is uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I love that movie. <laughs> How which many people- versions are there? As far as I know, there's only one—the the, the John the one Candy and Steve Martin one—is is the one that I know of.
1: Uh, for some reason, I was thinking there was two. Maybe oh. I'm thinking uh, "Strangers on a Train."
0: <laughs> <laughs> nice, very different movie. Yeah. Well, you know, if you're going to go there, we might as well go with "Throw Mama from the Train." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man
1: funny i was trying to Good think times. there was there was a thanksgiving movie like horror movie it was like a, a schlock one yeah um, and i can't think of what it is because i remember them cutting into it and i think something comes out of the turkey or maybe oh, it was i think it was actually not a movie it was um one of the fake trailers in the grindhouse thing that uh, tarantino did mm. i think that's what it was it was mm. like caught me this thanksgiving it's thanksgiving it was kind of tongue-in-cheek <laughs> i think it was a movie but you know no i think i think it was because those two movies that he had that he did as sort of the grindhouse double mm-hmm. feature um he had all those trailers with him and i think that's what i, what I was thinking of it is
0: nice well think. you know um going back to like uh, dead meat and the kill Count that we talked about earlier i know he's talked about a couple of thanksgiving horror movies i can't I can't remember the names of yeah. them off the top of my head but i know if you like i think he has like a, a playlist or a section on that channel about like all of the holiday horror films and i know there's for sure there's at least a couple of them for thanksgiving so i'm sure there are
1: like horror i mean I don't there's think probably there's one like for a, flag day yeah there, there's a holiday someone's made something yeah, 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 for sure. Exactly.
0: Gotta get that money <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly. Have gimmick or have gimmick will travel. There right? you go, nice. Yeah, well, I think that
0: pretty much brings us to the end of our holiday adventure. Um, but having said that, there is one kind of sad thing that I do feel compelled to talk about and mention just because it happened to occur just a couple of days here before we, uh, before we were recording this episode. And so I wanted to uh, briefly give a shout out uh, to my friend, uh, author Jay Wilburn, who passed away uh, back in October. Uh, definitely a really good guy and uh, definitely somebody who will be sorely missed uh, within the horror community and the speculative fiction community for sure for, for years to come, I'm certain. Yeah. I actually have, um, this was gonna be on my TBR uh, pretty soon here, but um, this book of his, uh, which of course the camera is not gonna cooperate, but I'll put it up on the screen so you can see it. It's um, read, write, edit, play, repeat. And uh, the interesting thing about this book is he actually wrote all of the stories in this book while he was live streaming on Twitch. So he would do different streams where he'd write the story live, edit it live, and then read it, uh, the finished product, live on stream. And I actually got to, to watch him write some of these stories uh live and and so i definitely wanted this you know i was talking earlier about like i don't really buy a lot of physical books anymore but like this was one that i definitely wanted to have just because of the fact that you know i'd literally seen him write the stuff you know on on stream and then to see the the stuff in the book after the fact is is really cool and i guess another thing i'll I'll try to show real quick if the camera will pick it up another thing that's really cool about it is that um you put these QR codes in the book so that, come on, camera, cooperate. You disappear. You operate.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Wow. It really does not want to pick that up.
1: No. It even you know, you, You've on, disappeared.
0: Yeah. Hold on a second. Let me shut off my background real quick.
1: Oh, it's just a normal room. Yeah, I was always worried when you took it down there was going to be like naked women chained to the wall.
0: No, no, I, it's just like not a particularly attractive <laughs> uh, camera angle. You know, I don't, uh, I don't think it, it's not as swanky as your background. So I like to throw yeah. something up there. Yeah. To, Looks uh, like
1: I never clean, just like yeah, crap yeah. everywhere.
0: Yeah, I uh, yeah, that's 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 really the only reason I do that. But but anyway, here so everybody can get a better look at the book.
1: Um, that's good now.
0: Yeah, and then uh, like I said one of the really cool things he did was for each story, he puts these QR codes in that you can scan with your phone and it'll take you straight to the video where you can see him doing the process, whether it's the re the writing part, the reading part, the editing part, whatever. And that's, that's just really cool. Like I, I thought that was like a nice touch. I actually told yeah. I joked with him and told him I was going to steal that idea from him. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, like I said, Jay Jay was a really good guy. Definitely will be sorely sorely missed, and uh, definitely wanted to give him a little bit of a shout out. Everybody should go uh, buy his books and stuff. You know, support his family and and all that sort of thing because they they still will get to benefit from those sales, even though he's not with us anymore. So yeah,
1: yeah it was sad news. To yeah, my condolences to uh, his family and friends. Nice. Well He just he was just on a podcast
0: yeah actually uh daniel volpe who we talked about uh, earlier in the birthday segment um he does that written in red podcast with uh aaron beauregard and uh carver pike and some other folks
1: roland and,
0: jr yes thank you that's yeah. that's that's the one name i was not 100 percent sure on and they um, do a
1: good podcast
0: they did a really great interview with Jay uh it's probably probably will end up being one of his last interviews and uh will put a link to that in the show notes for sure so people can check that out um but uh, that was a really great interview uh that they did and I think people who who aren't already familiar with him will get some really good insight into kind of who he was as a person and an author and all that sort of thing by checking that out so good good on you for mentioning that for sure that's one thing that had slipped my mind yeah um but having said all that that is going to pretty much bring us to the end of things for this episode and for the year so the next time you see our ugly mugs it'll actually be 2023 so look forward to that and my whatever my new background ends up
1: being (laughs) mine'll be the same except no hat and don't forget my stocking there, it's empty. So feel free if you're watching this and you like want to send gifts to stuff my stocking, just you can private message me, send me your books, be more than happy to stuff them in my sock. Or stocking. Uh, I don't know yeah, what you nice. call it. Yeah. Good time. I didn't wear this hat for nothing.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like you you've earned you've I, earned maybe at least like an arc or two. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Exactly. Good times. All
1: right. Well, thanks for watching, everyone. We wish you a very uh, happy holidays.
0: Yes. Feliz Navidad and a happy new year.
1: And hopefully 2023 is much better than the last three years.
0: Indeed. Congratulations. You just survived the post mortem report. For more information about the show, the hosts, or the things they talked about, check out our super swanky information page at anchor.fm slash postmortem report. Until next time, always remember, good posts never die.